The trade deadline is just over two weeks away and the Pelicans clearly want to try and upgrade the roster. I've got some sneaky trade target names for you to keep an eye on. Plus, we have an update on the Herb Jones trade rumors. It's a Tuesday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team in New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday, a game day for the New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Utah Jazz. We'll get into that game in tomorrow's show to recap it, but we want to talk more trade deadline talk. We're less than three weeks away, a little over two weeks away now before the trade deadline and the Pelicans want to upgrade their roster. And I got a bunch of names that you need to keep an eye on in today's show, as well as looking at Jonas Valanciunas in his contract situation. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started started. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, over 9,000 subscribers on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube and become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday, or if you listen one day a week, try listening two days a week, particularly with the trade deadline coming up. We're going to have a lot on that. There's a lot of rumors out there, help you shift through all of that to know what to make of all of it. And we talked about the Herb Jones trade rumor from yesterday at HP Basketball, host of Lockdown Nuggets and Lockdown NBA, mentioning that he could be included in trade rumors in the Pelicans. Hit the PR a little bit, I think, to give us an update on that. What we've kind of seen now from that is they're not shopping Herb Jones, right? Mark Stein of his newsletter on Substack talked about it. You had it from Clutch Points as well. The Pelicans are not actively shopping Herb Jones. They And he doesn't want to leave. Both of those things I think are true. And I think that all lines up with the report from yesterday. It never said that they were shopping Herb Jones. They're not fielding calls saying, hey, we want to trade him here. I think they're willing to include him and potentially anybody in just the exact right deal. Now, I don't know if that's any of the names that we're going to bring up in today's show, but I do think that if the right player comes along and it requires Herb Jones and they think they can upgrade the roster overall that way, they would include him in a deal. But no, they're not actively shopping him. They're not going to trade him just for picks or anything like that. So until we hear more about rumors, concrete rumors with Herb Jones in them, I think we can just all be happy and leave that be and not have to worry about trading him. So let's get into more trades though. And I want to look at the Atlanta Hawks. This is a team that I think could make sense to try and figure out some sort of deal with. The name you normally hear being moved from them is Deontay Murray. 
the Lakers really in the running for him of D'Angelo Russell, a pick and like someone else. You know, the Pelicans could beat that offer pretty easily if they want to bring Murray in. And I've said they maybe need more of a lead ball handler, at least kind of a backup point guard off the bench to run the offense. It's maybe not Jose Alvarado, even though we love Jose. You could potentially figure out a package with Trey Young and Onyeka Okongwu here that maybe solves some of what you're looking to do, right? It gives you that kind of a little bit more mobile center. You upgrade the guard position here. You move on from Jonas Valanciunas. You might need to include Herb Jones in there. You can maybe get it done with Dyson Daniels. It's not the easiest to try and figure out a deal with both of those players here, but I do think a trade, while that makes sense on the surface, given that Atlanta wants to ship those guys out, or at least ship Murray out, I don't think it makes a ton of sense for the Pelicans. First and foremost, how does Murray fit here, right? Where does Murray even fit on the Pelicans? Does he start? Does he come off the bench? Would he even be okay with that? All of a sudden now you have four guys making a whole bunch of money, and I don't think that's really what the Pelicans are looking to do here, particularly because we know they want to kind of trim the tax bill. This probably puts you back into it pretty hard. That's not a great position for them to be in, but it certainly upgrades the backcourt a little bit, but does it upgrade the front court? right? Does it upgrade your big man spot? When you look at a Kongwu, is he an upgrade over Jonas Valanciunas? And if you ship out Jonas Valanciunas in this hypothetical deal, does Okongwu start? Does he come off the bench and you start Larry Nance Jr.? You know, he's 6'8". You're then undersized here. And when you look at him, he's not an amazing rebounder. He's not a shot blocker. He's only come off the bench in his career. You're going to start that guy? We don't want to see Larry starting, do we? Because that's a move the Pelicans could make now, and they seem a little bit reluctant to do that, still starting Jonas Valanciunas. If you wanted to go that route, just start Larry Nance Jr. I don't think you need to trade for a guy like that right? That's where this one kind of, I look at and go, I'm not exactly sure. Overall, a deal like that, which is also complicated to figure out, feels like a downgrade. But what about a guy like Clint Capella? I think that makes a little bit more sense for the Pelicans here, right? He's a very good rebounder. You know, he's more of a shot blocker than Jonas Valanciunas is without being elite at all of that. You know, he's under contract for next season and keep that in mind, I'm going to talk about why that's maybe his best asset and the most important thing coming up here in the next segment of Locked On Pelicans. But he's definitely a movable guy that if you go just for him, you know, he makes $20.6 million this year. Next year, he's going to make $22.25, let's call it. That's putting you close into the luxury tax if you're just shipping out Jonas Valanciunas. You'd probably need to include Dyson Daniels in that too, I think, which could be fine. That opens up minutes for a guy like Jose Alvarado. So there's kind of natural progression with some of that, I think. But does that feel like the move that makes you a title contender that elevates this team from where they are in the Western Conference to where they'd like to be? One of the things we've talked about over the past couple of days, past couple of weeks, if you're an everydayer, you know this, is what's this team's ceiling? And I'm not entirely sure what that is right now. Are they a true conference finalist? Or are they a team that's going to make be a tough out but lose in the first or second round of the playoffs? Does Capella, Okongwu really elevate you that much? Or does that just feel like shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic to use that phrase? Not that these guys are bad and the ship's sinking, but it just feels like a lateral move or a potential downgrade. 
That's not what this team is looking to do. That's why you're not going to see Herb Jones move for just picks and expiring contracts. If they use Herb Jones in a deal, it's to get significantly better. None of the guys I've said here, even if it makes sense why Atlanta would move them, given that they're having a disappointing season and need to do like something, really feels like the move for the Pelicans here. But those are all names I think you should keep an eye on a little bit because Atlanta is a team that might be looking to do business and there's going to certainly be more buyers than sellers. So those teams that are sellers, and this is due to the, you know, um, in season, not in season tournament working, the play in tournament working, right? Teams are really going for it and trying to be competitive. These sellers are going to be able to kind of maybe charge a little bit of a premium on some of their guys. Do you really want to give up that much for Clint Capella when you have Jonas Valanciunas here? As I said, there's a reason why you would, and it has to do with the contracts. Let's talk about that in relation to another player, Wendell Carter Jr., coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel. It's the NFL playoffs. You've got the NBA regular season hitting the stretch run here, and you can get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place any $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose, the Pelicans take on the Utah Jazz tonight. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. If you're feeling good about that, Throw a $5 bet on it. You'll win your $5 bet and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. Or if the Jazz surprise the Pelicans as they often do, it's okay. You're still getting $150 in bonus bets. And I love that the app is so easy to use and there's so many different ways to bet. You have the spreads like that. You have the over-unders for the players, the props right there. You also have live in-game parlays, live in-game betting. The app makes it super easy to find whatever it is you might want with the Explore tab to find new and popular bets so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup again 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed win or lose fanduel official partner of the nfl and the official sports book of locked on And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it's the X's and O's and looking at the defensive strategy, what they're doing offensively, tweaks they could make. We'll look next week at the starting lineup and maybe some adjustments. And I have a couple and some that you're not thinking of. That might even be in Friday's show as well, but I'm trying to line up a guest for that, so stay tuned. On Thursday, tomorrow we're going to recap the game against the Jazz, talk about what we learned from that. Thursday, we're going to look at why the Pelicans shouldn't make a trade at all. As I'm listing these names, kind of sneaky, under-the-radar trade targets for the Pelicans, if you're excited about one of them, let me know in the comments down below. If you're not, you're going to really like Thursday's show then because we're going to talk about why they shouldn't make a move. So make sure you're an everydayer so you never miss an episode of Locked On Pelicans. Keep up with everything going on with the team. So we just went over the Atlanta Hawks. And I ended on Clint Capella saying he's under contract next season. It's more important than you think. Let's look, though, to the Orlando Magic and Wendell Carter Jr. This is a guy that I've seen kind of mentioned for the Pelicans here from a number of different people. And it makes sense. He's a former starter for them. He's losing minutes to Goga Bataze after being the starter. You know, if he's kind of out of their rotation, not getting the same role that he had, they could want to move him, especially with a young team there. So coming to New Orleans makes a ton of sense. He's also young, right? 24 years old, kind of aligns with the core ages of this group a little bit more. 
Makes sense, right? Does it? Does it? He's not better than Jonas Valanciunas. He's not as good of a rebounder. He's not a shot blocker. And there have been times when he's been bad defensively, right? What hole does he fill plug for the Pelicans other than just being a potential starter that eats up minutes? You know, this season, he's averaging 10.7 points per game and 6.5 rebounds. Those aren't really insane numbers. One thing he does or can do well is shoot the three ball. This is a guy who's almost a 33% shooter from deep for his career, shooting 43% this season, shot 56.5% last season. Not doing it on high volume, but there's a credible three-point shot there. That's not the worst thing you've ever seen. But that's not what the Pelicans need. They don't just need three-point shooting from their center spot. They need rebounding, rim protection, uh, perimeter defense too. You know, he's got decent size, right? He's 6'10", but is this truly an upgrade over Jonas Valanciunas? I don't think it is, right? But here's one of the biggest assets, biggest things that Wendell Carter Jr. has going for him. He makes $13 million this year. That lowers the Pelicans cap number if you just trade Jonas straight up for him. He's on a decreasing contract. So he's under contract for two more seasons after this. $12 million next year, then 10.8 in 2025-2026. That's more important than you think. Jonas Valanciunas is an expiring contract right now. He's, on, he's out of contract at the end of the season here. Given that the Pelicans are in a bit of a cap crunch, they're not going to have tons of cap. They're not going to have any cap space to try and re-sign him this coming off season. What do you do with that? There's a very realistic risk that he leaves and you get nothing in return. That's not great. And we haven't talked about this for this Pelicans team yet. What's the market for Jonas Valanciunas? If you have an idea of what you think he's worth, let me know in the comments down below. There's only a few teams. There's going to be maybe five or six teams with cap space as of now going into the off season. Do any of them really need a center? The Spurs are going to have a ton of cap space. They could use a guy like Jonas Valanciunas maybe to play alongside Victor Wembanyama, who's publicly said he feels like he's more of a power forward than center. That could make a ton of sense. But there's not a lot of other teams out there. Could Jonas be had for the full mid-level exception? Maybe. I think he wants more than that, given that he plays every game and is about as reliable as it gets. But it's one of those things of... Can you, can you maybe try and kind of re-sign him for cheap and on more of a team-friendly deal than, you know, you might be able to get otherwise? I'm not sure right now. And I think you have found that some centers have a bit of a premium placed on him. There's not a ton of very elite guys at that. And the ones that are elite are really valuable. Jonas, I think, is good. As I've said, I think he's underrated. I don't think they're looking to move him because he's a bad player. He's not. He just doesn't fit. It's as I've repeatedly said, if you're an everydayer, you've heard me say this before, right? You know, the Pelicans are looking at Jonas and saying, it's not you, Jonas, it's us, right? That's kind of what they're saying here, that it just doesn't fit and make as much sense for what they want to do. It's why they close games with Larry Nance Jr. more often than not. But if he's a better player, but you're not going to be able to re-sign him and you don't think you're going to be able to re-sign him, getting something for him is at least the right move and Wendell Carter Jr. could be serviceable enough. But it is a downgrade. 
That's something to keep in mind, but this comes with having to manage the salary cap and thinking a little bit more long term. So having two more years on his deal beyond this year is very valuable potentially to the Pelicans. This move would definitely be managing the cap in future seasons rather than going for it this year. That might not be the incorrect move for the Pelicans. It might not be a bad thing to do, but I don't think fans are going to like that. So maybe it's better just to kind of stand pat, not make a move like this, which is a clear downgrade, and stick with what you got. And we're going to have a whole show on that on Thursday. I think there's reasons for them to try and upgrade, but only if the right move comes along. You don't want them to make the complete wrong move. If you think you have a solid chance of re-signing Jonas Valanciunas, and especially at a team-friendly deal, you don't make a move like this. I'd rather roll the dice and figure out what to do. I think you can get by with a cheap center for this Pelicans team if you lose Jonas and you have to just figure it out. I don't want to necessarily go that route if you don't have to, but it's something to kind of keep in mind. Jonas is, I think, underrated. He can play pretty tough. He's not an elite rebounder. He is an elite rebounder, but he's not a rim protector, right? He can't defend on the perimeter. That limits his use with this Pelicans team and what they want to do defensively, which is switch everything. Hence why they close with Larry. You know, I've said though, do you need a ton of rim protection when you don't let guys get to the rim? And I think those are all valid things to kind of look at with this Pelicans team right now. All of that is to say, I think they can be fine with Jonas Valanciunas and you don't need to downgrade for a guy like Wendell Carter Jr. When like, if the only thing you got going for you is your contract, I'm going to hate that move. I get it. I get it. But I'd like to see this team really go for it and try and open their window up. And sometimes you can get a little too cute trying to time it well. Now, I don't know if that move again exists. These names that we're talking about here outside of Capella don't really move me, particularly because I don't think Murray is going to be a realistic option for this team. And it seems like they want to upgrade the center position. Kongwu ain't it. Capella could be it. He's under contract for one more year. That's more of an equal move. That makes sense. Then you're not going to be downgrading next season too. Wendell Cutter Jr., eh, just doesn't do it for me. I get it. It makes a ton of sense on why he might come here and why the Pelicans would be looking at him and probably think he's a cheap option. But even that contract next year of what he's making at almost $12 million, if you could get Jonas at that, I'd rather keep Jonas. That's what I think the Pelicans need to kind of be evaluating, what they are evaluating right now. So we've got a bunch more names. This is where if you really are intent on managing the salary cap in the future, There's a lot of really interesting names. There are some flaws to them, but there's like four or five really intriguing names out there that you can make do that I wouldn't hate given how cheap they would be. Let's get into those guys coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it's the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, pros, sharks, people with like a block of monitors, algorithms, and things like that, you pick more or less on the stat projection of two to six players, and when you hit 
You watch the winnings roll in. And with the NFL playoffs here, basketball season, you have a, you can have a combo projection across the sports. You can take CJ McCollum and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. So prize picks is the best way to test your skills during this basketball season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So if you want to get in on the action, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's free money right there, up to $100 in a first-time deposit match when you go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA. PrizePicks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are the number one Pelicans podcast coming to you Monday through Friday, giving you the trade rumors that you want to hear about, analyzing them, breaking them down, seeing what it makes sense for this Pelicans team to do to try and upgrade as they figure out what their ceiling is. Thursday, you're going to want to listen to that show. I know you want them to go for it. They're competitive this year. They could be even better. But there is a very good argument, a very good argument for why they shouldn't make a move at this trade deadline. We're going to look at that Thursday. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the game, tonight's game against the Utah Jazz. Been a bit of a trouble team for the New Orleans Pelicans. We looked at some trade targets for them. Maybe one or two of them will shine from the Utah Jazz. We'll break it all down in tomorrow's show. And Friday, hoping to line up a guest. Be a bit of a surprise. We'll see if it ends up happening. If not, we'll look at the starting lineup and what they need to do to try and tweak things and get that unit working. So that's going to be the rest of the week here on Locked on Pelicans. So you want to be coming every day and listen Monday through Friday. Now, for your second listen, it's just something you can do all day long. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So we just went over... You know, the big names that I think are linked. All of these guys make like significant money compared to some of the other names that we're going to look at that I think could be kind of under the radar trade targets for the New Orleans Pelicans. But I want to look at one, two, I got four, four, there I was going to put up three, four names for you that I think are intriguing for various reasons, but also have some flaws to them. But if New Orleans is looking to like make a move, and I don't know if that's the thing to do, they might though. Well, these guys are all kind of kind of be in there because I think they're all gettable for New Orleans. Let's start with one that's been that fans have come up with a lot for the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's Daniel Gafford of the Washington Wizards. There's there's reasons to like him, right? There's reasons to like him. I think he's a downgrade from Jonas Valanciunas, certainly on the offensive end. But this is a guy who is under contract for the next two seasons. So you get him longer. The problem is he makes about the same amount of money as Jonas Valanciunas. He's making $12.4 million this year, $13.4 next year, and then $14.386 the final year of his deal here. You know, he's 
Not as good of a rebounder as Jonas Valanciunas. Certainly isn't the offensive player that Jonas Valanciunas is. But this is a guy that is more of a rim protector. This season, in 37 starts, he's averaging 10.5 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, and 2.1 blocks. He's a much better rim protector than Jonas Valanciunas is. When you look at his block percentage, it's about triple what Jonas is. It's not an elite number. He's not an elite shot blocker, but he's an upgrade there. You could start him. You could start Larry and have him come off the bench. Either one would work. But it's a clear downgrade offensively. So those nights when Jonas has carried this team to wins, which he has done during his tenure here, you're going to be missing that. And truly, given his contract, is he that much of like a tax savings if this is something that the Pelicans are really concerned? And if the only upgrade he gives you is rim protection, I don't think this is much of a problem that they need to kind of invest these resources and downgrade other areas in. So a name to keep an eye on because the Wizards are bad. They would probably really trade anyone, but at his cost, is that really the move? Even if you could pick up an asset, but why would the Wizards give up an asset for Jonas Valanciunas? That's where some of the problem comes here. The next one, I'm going to be curious what you all think. I don't think you're expecting me to say this name. Andre Drummond with the Chicago Bulls this season. He is still a decent player. It's kind of wild that we're talking about him, but this is a guy that is still very much an exceptionally elite rebounder, particularly on the defensive glass and on the offensive glass too. But this dude crushes it on the defensive glass. He's excellent still this season. The past two seasons, he's been really good since he's been in Chicago. So given that he can do that and come off the bench, It's worth keeping an eye on. He's a cheap option for the Pelicans. You wouldn't need to probably give up too much here. He's making $3.36 million this year. He'll be a free agent. But if you trade a guy like Najee Marshall for him, a young, intriguing player, Najee for this guy, you know, the Bulls have been a little bit more competitive recently, but they're still not great. They're still trying to kind of figure out what they're doing. But this feels like a guy that makes a lot of sense if you want to go kind of the cheap route. He's not going to fill it up. He's not going to give you like elite scoring or anything like that. But he's going to hoover up those defensive boards. Doesn't give you any court spacing whatsoever. But you need a rebounder and, you know, somewhat of a shot blocker still. He's not, you know as elite as he once was at that. He was never truly elite at that, but he's still better shot blocker, rim protector than Jonas Valanciunas is. And you definitely could even say you're upgrading on the defensive glass, something that has plagued New Orleans and been a bit of a problem for him this season. That's probably cost them a win or two as the season's gone on. So I think that you are... I think he's in the running for all this. Just had a tweet from Woj, too. I'm going to read it on the show. The Pelicans are signing G League forward Malcolm Hill on a 10-day. He's averaged 25.6 points, 5.6 rebounds in his past 10 games for the Pelicans affiliate in Birmingham. Okay, there you go. That's the guy they're signing to a 10-day. They look to fill out their roster a little bit here because they have an open roster spot they do need to fill. 10-day does that. We talked about it on Locked On Pelicans after the trade of Kyra Lewis Jr., So Andre Drummond, what do you think? Here's another name that kind of fits in that same bucket as Andre Drummond. And I think this one could easily get done too. And that's JaVale McGee from the Sacramento Kings. Throwing two names you probably weren't expecting here. Look, he's cheap. You could easily do this as a trade probably for Najee Marshall for 
um, JaVale McGee. You know, when the, the Herb Jones rumors came out, Matt George of Locked On Kings immediately messaged me and was like, what would it take for the Kings to get Herb Jones? They want another kind of defensive wing. Najee Marshall fits that bill a little bit, a little bit. You could do this trade straight up for those guys. Najee is a guy that's going to be out of contract at the end of the season. Are they going to resign him? Do they have the money to resign him? If they don't, get something for him, especially if you think it fills that little backup center spot for you. You still start, I think, Jonas, but you can have JaVale McGee come in and still give you some of that rebounding and rim protection, which is something that he still can do. He's more of an elite not even elite, but he's a much better shot blocker than Jonas Valanciunas is. He's about the same kind of rebounder, if a little bit less than Jonas, but in the same ballpark. You could have him come in, and I don't think you would miss a ton when you just want to play big but don't want Jonas out there. It's not like great on the perimeter, but if you just want some backup rim protection, this is probably your best move, and you could do it with a player that makes sense to give up. Let me know what you think about JaVale McGee. Final name I want to throw out there is like a super buy low candidate, but I don't know if he makes a ton of sense. That's James Wiseman from the Detroit Pistons. This is the former number two overall pick from just the 2020 draft, right? This is not exactly like a guy that has been in the league for a very long time. And there is some potential there. You know, for when you look at his per 36 minute numbers, because he don't play a ton of minutes, He's averaging 15 points and 10 rebounds this season, along with 1.7 blocks. So not horrible numbers, right? You know, he's an okay, he's like an above average rebounder, I would say. You know, in terms of rim protection, not exactly there, but good size. Again, a guy that has a ton of potential to go out and maybe grow and improve. No, sh- no, no three-point shooting, you know, same with McGee. So a buy low candidate, you know, couldn't hurt to try and go and get him. You know, you could trade Jonas Valanciunas straight up for him. That would make sense. It would shave some money this year, maybe let them add another guy that they want to on the team here. There's some potential for that. It doesn't excite me too much. You know, again, this is managing about managing the cap long term versus trying to get better right now. I don't know if that's what I really, truly love. But let me know. Does a name like Gafford, Drummond, McGee or Wiseman really move you? They're intriguing, to say the least. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. So tonight, enjoy the game against the Utah Jazz. I will be in the Smoothie King Center. I'm looking forward to this one. Hopefully, the Pelicans can get a win. We'll break it all down in tomorrow's episode, tell you what we learned. Maybe we'll see some tweaks. We might see some coming, by the way, to the starting lineup and see if they do things a little bit differently. If we do, we'll break it down in tomorrow's episode. Thursday, why they shouldn't make a trade at all. And then Friday, we're either going to look at the starting lineup tweaks they can make or have a guest and probably also talk about that. So that's the rest of the week here on the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday so you hear all of that the remainder of the week. You're not going to want to miss these shows. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.